You're listening to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I'm your host, Estelle, and I'm super happy you're tuning in today. I'm a certified personal trainer and life coach whose life within the fitness world has been pretty all over the place. After becoming a personal trainer, I quickly realized that most people needed just as much help with their heart and mind, which is why I now fuse fitness and life, because the two cannot be pulled apart. In this podcast, my goal is to help you find confidence, freedom and understanding, and feel at home in the fitness world and explore self-discovery and life topics intersecting with fitness in ways you may not have thought of before. It's time you figure out for yourself what it means to be healthy and make choices you feel confident in that lead to creating a life you love. Welcome to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode. Today we are going to be diving into talking about my methodology to assembling workout programs and individual workouts because I'm sure you guys know that workouts are not just a hodgepodge of exercises and random rep ranges and a program is even more detailed because a program is compiled of workouts that are to be that are designed to be done together and in specific orders. So the reason I really want to talk about this is because I am all about empowering via education. And this empowers you because if you are to do any workout or follow any program, say on YouTube, in a class, I don't know, you purchase a program from a trainer, you are able to decipher whether this is something good for you or not. And of course, there are exceptions to what I am going to get into and different trainers have their own methods. And I am not sharing this episode as a way to bash any other trainer or method. Some things I share are simple and known facts and other things are things I've concluded on my own or they follow my own philosophy for exercise. Like I talked about, was it in the first episode of this season, how there's different styles of lifting. So bodybuilding may be very different from this. So the things I'm sharing go along with my methodology, the things I believe in to be best for you and my training style. I simply want to share the information with you and let you decide on your own so that you can make an empowered decision, making decisions based on trends and not understanding the reasoning behind these things only leads to being pushed around and just thrown around by the water, the wind, whatever you want to think it is. And I believe it's important to be convicted of what you believe because that aids in leading a living a life that you love and you believe is healthy and right for you. And that that's part of health itself. Um, and even if you don't know a hundred percent, because really when can we know a hundred percent on something? If you can't know a hundred percent, you should be convicted enough to make a decision. So first of all, I am going to talk about how I do general programming. So we're going to get into things like volume, rep ranges, which we've already talked about, different types of movement. So not just movement patterns, but it, it goes further than that. Um, and I'm also going to be talking about how I personalize things. Now, this is by no means going to give you the tools to personalize things for yourself, um, because that would 
entail sharing everything I've studied for the past four years <laughs> and my personal philosophy. So it won't do that, but it'll give you an idea of how I personalize. So you might hear Lemon playing in the background. Oh my goodness, she's getting the zoomies. So for general programming, non-personalized things, I said this before in other episodes, but I prioritize big lifts. So big lifts are compound movements. What are these big lifts I'm talking about? So I'm talking about things like back squat and front squat, um, hip thrust or glute bridge movements, those those uh, bridging patterns, hinge movements like um, deadlifts. Um, I'm talking about upper body movements like horizontal pushing and vertical pushing. So things like chest press, bench press, shoulder press, overhead press, and same directions for pulling vertical and horizontal. So any kind of row and any kind of overhead pulling movement, like a lat pull down, chin ups, pull ups, those sorts of things. Um, and of course I include, include core work. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, but first I prioritize the big lift. So these are going to go first within your workout. And then at the end of those, you're going to see maybe more accessory or, uh, single joint movement. So it could be things like, um, higher rep squat. So that would be like an accessory movement. Um, it could be things like, uh, leg curls, leg extensions, bicep curls, lateral flies, those sorts of things where it's really isolated. So it could also be referred to isolation work, um, or things that are like finishers. So, okay, now do, 10 jumping squats and planks, things like that, where it's meant to go at the end and like recap the workout. Um, so that would also be the area where I put in core. So again, this is general programming, not for everyone, um, but that would also be where the core work goes. So you do your big lifts, maybe accessory, um, and then we add in the core. So things like planks, hollow holds, also working the back, keeping in mind that the back and sides are the core. So side planks, reverse planks. Um, I like to do a combination of static and dynamic movements for planks or not planks, sorry, for core work. So static would be isometric work, things where you are not moving, but you're having to engage in order to not move. So the plank hollow holds, um, but also things like dead bugs. So dead bugs, they work the body or they work the core in different directions. So that's the basic layout, like very broad layout of how I do programs. So you'll see big lifts, maybe accessory work, and then core at the end. And depending on the split, um, I might not have core in every single workout. I might have core uh, totally separate from your upper and lower days or your full body days. It really depends. But the core is probably not going to go at the beginning of a workout. And that being, um, the reason for that being is because your core is really involved in all these other movements. Like your core needs to be engaged for your squats, for your deadlifts, for even for hip thrust, for, for shoulder press, all the movements, your core is being used. So we want to make sure that if you are prioritizing strength, which is what I do, I coach for strength training, for weightlifting, for getting stronger. We want to make sure that it's not fatigued and that it can fully support the movements that you want to do for building strength within those other patterns I mentioned, like squat, hinge, uh, 
um, bridge, sorry, I'm spacing, pushing, pulling. Um, and then we do the, the extra core work at the end. That's the reasoning behind that. Now, going from phase to phase, so just to clarify things, um, one set of workouts is not a program. It can be, but a program is usually combined of several phases designed to uh, reach a singular outcome. So it's not just a random set of workouts that you do and you're like, okay, this is a program. These workouts build on each other. So from phase to phase, you're not going to see a ton of difference, but you're going to see some difference. So it's going to get a little bit harder depending on what you're training for, but you're going to advance within each phase. So another thing I like to do from phase to phase is I will just, again, depending on the goal, you're going to see a, a change of the order of the patterns that you um, you see in your workout. So for example, let's just say it's a lower body day and uh, within your first phase, you are prioritizing squats. Well, that's great. But the thing is, if you always prioritize squats, it's your the first thing you do within a workout is what your body is going to prioritize gaining strength in. And that doesn't mean you're not going to gain strength in the others. You absolutely will. But it's just that percentage wise, that first thing is going to be more. So we want to make sure that we're not always doing squats first or always doing deadlifts first. Again, one, it's a general program. If it is a person that I'm designing for, that would just depend on their goal and what I see happening in their body. But again, I'm talking about general programs that, you know, anyone could do. So you will see a change in the order of the patterns from phase to phase. Now, something else I do is I do work with some people that are higher level, um, but that's not the majority of people I work with. And especially in general programming, we want to make sure that it's suitable for the general population. So I typically don't start with really low repetitions within a program unless that program is designed for someone who is very comfortable with lifting heavy. So I've mentioned this before, but in uh, for example, in my membership, if you join, even though the goal is to be able to do low repetitions, your first several phases are not going to be su super low rep because we want to get you used to those patterns, feeling how your uh, body, just experiencing how your body feels going through those movements with weight on your back. So we typically start with higher reps and work our way to low. Now that doesn't mean high reps, it just means higher. And so what I mean by that is actually probably more within the eight to 12 rep range, which is actually considered moderate, but it is a safe uh, rep range um, for people who are still not used to lifting with heavier weight. So we'll start with those higher reps and then we work our way lower. Now, another thing to consider is power. So power is really low repetitions. We're talking two or three repetitions as fast as possible. So, and this usually comes in the form of plyometric movements like jumping really high, box jumps, clapping push-ups, those sort of explosive movements. So as we get into later phases within the membership, for example, you may still, you may start to see those. So it's like, oh, we started with higher repetitions. Now we're working in lower repetitions and now we're working with lower repetitions and we maybe have some box jumps at the beginning of the movements. And those power movements are going to be placed first within the, uh, within the program. 
Again, if it's generalized. Now, with an individual workout, so I was saying within the phases themselves, we go from higher up to lower up, but within the individual workouts, like I was saying, we start with the big lifts, then we do accessory, we do core. Within the individual workouts, we actually start with lower rep items and work our way to higher. Again, when it's generalized. So, for example, let's say your workout is squats. Uh, deadlifts, hip thrust, and then we do, or let's say squat, deadlift, walking lunges, um, and then some isolation leg work, like leg curls, leg extensions. So if you're doing something that is, again, not not super beginner, but doesn't have power, um, we, it might be like, okay, three reps of squats, uh, five reps of deadlifts. And I'm not talking about sets here. So squats at three, deadlifts at five, uh, walking lunges, eight each leg, and then we get into isolation work and it might be like 10 reps of each of those. So you can kind of see how it gradually grows. And it might it might not be that way. It might be like eight reps at the end, but you're going to see lower t- lower towards the beginning and higher towards the end. Now, beyond that, I want to talk about different kinds of movement. So we've already talked about movement patterns, but even within that, we have two different kinds of movements called closed chain and open chain. Now, closed chain movements are typically more stable and safe, and then open chain movements require more stability. Um, Now, that doesn't mean, oh, only do those if you're advanced, but it's like, ooh, if if you know you have um, an issue with... um, I don't know, let's say your ankle, you might want not want to do an open chain movement for with, you know, that your ankle is supporting the weight for. Uh, So the difference between closed chain and open chain is you can think about the chain that's moving. So for example, um, let's say chest press. All right. So that's when you're laying on a bench and you have a dumbbell in each hand and you're pressing it out in front of you above your chest. This is an open chain movement because your hand is the end of the chain and it's open. It's free to do whatever it wants. Right. So your body is totally controlling that movement. If your arm moves a little bit back, it could fall back. If your arm moves a little bit forward, it's going to fall forward. That's an open chain. Now, how could we do that same movement pattern in a closed chain? A push-up. So a push-up, your hands, you're not worried like, oh, my hand's going to slide out in front of me. (laughs) It's much more stable. So typically, not always, closed chain are safer and open chain I don't want to say they're not safe, but you just want to program them carefully. But then again, we could look at this in from a different point of view and think that open chain would be more beginner because um, from a beginner's perspective, we need to work on stability. We need to work on mobility. So those joints that are not stable, we need to work on making them more stable. Um, the Jane, the the part of the joints, you know, the joints that aren't um, mobile, we need to work on making them more mobile. And that's where open chain movements can really play a really nice role. So we have to be really smart with the programming of that. Um, and then on the other hand, closed chain, while they may be like safer, like a push up, like, oh, your hand's not going to slide out in front of you and do something crazy. <laughs> um, when movements are stable, 
you are able to generate more force. So for example, bench press is, even though it's kind of open chain, it's a little bit closed. It's, it's more closed than a chest press because the hands are working together. Like with a chest press, you could, you could be pushing uh, one hand higher than the other. With a bench press, it's a bar. So it's more stable. Um, so you're going to be able to generate more power with those. You can always bench press more than you can chest press because there's not there's not as many variables going on for your body to figure out. So those are the kind of two points of view on that. Whereas like if someone has a stability problem, we need to be cautious with program. We need to make it safe. But also if someone wants to get stronger and generate more power um, or if someone, then we would go with closed chain. But if someone needs to work on that, we would want to smartly program open chain movements. So that's another thing to consider when you're looking at your, when you're looking at your workouts. Um, beyond that, there's other, there's other branches of these, um, uni planner and multi planner. So uni planner, so planners has to do with a plane. So there's three different kinds of movement. So the planes of movement are, uh, the first one is the sagittal plane. And a lot of weightlifting movements are in the sagittal plane. A lot of daily life is in the sagittal plane, honestly, you guys. Um, so the sagittal plane is like forward and back. So if you thought think about like a cardboard box splitting you in half, it would be splitting you in half uh, left to right. I don't know. That was a really weird example. I gave you a cardboard box, <laughs> but anyways, or like a piece of cardboard, I should say that's separating your body left and right. Um, so those are things like deadlift squat, like the left side of the body and the right side of the body are doing the exact same thing. It is sagittal. Um, but beyond that, we also have the frontal plane. So the frontal plane divides the body front and back. So this would be movements that go from side to side, like, uh, um, what's it called? A lateral lunge. Um, we also have the transverse plane. Some people also call it the horizontal plane. But the transverse plane divides the body in top and bottom. So these are rotational movements. So think like Russian twists, but also re resisting uh, movements in that plane. So things like where you're holding a resistance band or a cable, you're just standing up straight, holding a resistance band or a cable. It's anchored to the side of you and it's pulling you in one direction, but you're resisting it and you're holding it and you're standing up straight and forwards. So that would be an example of resisting a movement within that plane. So it's still technically within that plane. So again, we have sagittal divides the body front and back, parental, or sorry, sagittal divides the body right and left, frontal divides the body front and back, Horiz or horizontal transverse divides the body up and down or top and bottom, whatever you want to say. So typically within uh, beginning programming, we focus on sagittal movements. Um, and this is because they're more stable. It's just what happens. But we do not want to stay there. And the reason for that being is life does not happen only sagittally. It happens in 
all planes of movement. It's happening in the transverse plane. It's happening in the frontal plane. Like you need to be able to step to the side really fast and not tear your ACL. You need to be able to turn around and give your kid her pacifier in the back seat and not strain your back. Those are happening in frontal and transverse planes. And so if you are only training sagittally, you're going to be missing this and it's really not functional. It's not really addressing your whole life. So that's another thing I take into consideration when I'm programming. Like, what planes of movement do we have? Is this an advancement? Is it really taking into consideration everything that happens in everyday life? So the other thing I wanted to talk about was the use of machines. I get asked, you know, what do you think of machines? Is that more for beginners? Like, oh, since I'm a beginner, I should only use machines. And machines totally have a place um, for sure. I don't think they're necessary. I think if someone has like never lifted weights before. I think that having, um, I don't know, like four to five weeks where they use machines just to get used to those patterns a little bit can be helpful. But honestly, our body doesn't move with the machines all day long. It moves on its own. So it's really good to advance to be able to use free weights eventually. Um, now, if you're doing something like bodybuilding or accessory work after you've done um those big lifts like I was talking about with free weights, then sure, machines can absolutely have a place. I'm not saying that. And there's different kinds of machines. Some machines, they control your whole movement. Yeah, the whole pattern, you only need to push or you only need to pull. But then there's machines that are kind of in the middle, like cable machines, where they they don't provide stability. They only change the direction that you're pushing or pulling from. So I, I really like cables. I think they're a nice middle ground. Um, but that's my take on machines. I think that they can be used um, when someone is not not used to exercising um, and they need to learn a pattern, but it's still controlling the pattern. So we really don't want to stay there forever. And my whole method when it comes to programming from very, very beginner to like more advanced is first we need to address stability and mobility. And the reason for this is because their whole body is like a chain. And I've talked about this in other episodes, but your body is like a chain and not every joint is meant to be mobile or primarily mobile. I should say each joint alternates stable, mobile, stable, mobile, stable, mobile. Um, and it doesn't mean hundred percent stable or hundred percent mobile. Like for example, our knee is supposed to be primarily stable. Um, but we don't want it to not move at all, right? <laughs> we still wanted to have some mobility. And the hip is supposed to be primarily mobile, but we don't want it to have no stability, right? So we need to achieve a healthy stability mobility relationship within the whole chain that is your body. And that is the first thing I like to address within programming. Now, beyond that, we go into movement pattern training. So this is where we look at, look, okay, how's your hinge? How's your squat? How's your pushing, pulling, your core, your rotation? All those things, we go into movement training. And then once we're good with that movement training, we start loading it. So you call it load training or like weight lifting, like taking it a little bit more seriously, start adding weight or more weight to all of those patterns. And then beyond that, once you're secure with that load training, we can start doing a little power training, adding in some box jumps, some clapping push-ups, some jumping lunges, those sorts of things. So that's my methodology and the process I follow with general programming. 
that didn't really talk about volume very much. I touched on that in the last episode. We do need to be working the full body two to three times a week. Um, with uh, And within those two to three weeks, working each muscle group a total of 10 to 20 sets. So this can be done a variety of ways. I've mentioned I have options for that inside my membership, either two full body days, two upper and two lower. You could do one upper, one upper, one lower. And I also, when you get into those lower, uh, later phases, you have an optional body weight cardio day. So um, your options are two to four workouts a week in the beginning and a little bit later on two to five. It's really up to you. And you don't have to stick to that singular split the whole time. You could um, absolutely start with two days a week and say, like, oh, my schedule changed. I want to do three or you're doing four and family comes into town. Well, hey, I'm just going to do two this week. That's what it's there for because life changes. I fully understand that. Now, when it comes to personalization, like I said, I can't get super into depth on it in here because that would require writing several books. (laughs) You you just don't, I'm guessing the average person doesn't want to know all about it. But anyways, it's based on assessments. It's based on current and past injuries. Are you pregnant? Are you postpartum? Are you planning to get pregnant? There There are so many factors to take into consideration, but I really need to see how your whole body is functioning like as a whole unit. It's not as simple to say, I have a knee problem because my knee hurts or I, you know, my knee hurts. Therefore I have a knee problem. Knee problems are almost always hip problems. Not always, but almost always. And then let's say it is a hip problem, we have to identify, okay, so then what's going on at a hip? There's so many different movements. It could be internal, external rotation. It it could be adduction. It could be abduction. It could be flexion, extension. And once we figure out what is happening with those movements or a combination of those, we have to figure out, is it tightness? Is it restriction? Is it overactivity? Is it underactivity? And sometimes it's a combination of those. And then once we know that, we have to figure out why. Why is that happening? So diving into how I personally program, again, I'd have to share my whole past four years plus of, um, and personal philosophies on movement and the body, which you can get to know a lot from listening to this whole episode. You understand a lot about how I approach exercise. And if you guys are into holistic nutrition, you're probably interested in root cause. And that's exactly what I do. So maybe you understand that root cause can be displayed like for gut issues. It can be displayed in the skin. Um, or maybe you know that hormone imbalances are not a root cause, but it can be due to parasites, mold, maybe medications that are affecting the gut. Now, my point is that you have to understand the whole body works as a whole. And so when we're looking at how the body moves, we have to see it as a whole unit. It is a kinetic chain. Now, I like to give the example of a knot in a necklace. So I think we've all had like a chain necklace before and it has a little knot in it. It's such a pain to get out, right? But you don't just like figure out the knot and then it just magically goes away it works its way down the chain, right? And eventually it comes out and that's how the body works too. So as an example, I have um, I have issues with my hips and this is because I have scoliosis. So I will probably always have some issues here and there, 
but I was actually working with a corrective exercise specialist for myself. And within my first three to four weeks of following this program he created for me, um, I started having like extreme knee pain, like going down the stairs. Like I had to do it with like one leg bent one leg straight. I I had not experienced something like that before. I felt fine moving. Like I could squat. It was really weird. It was like just going down stairs. Very, very strange. Um, but this was not a knee problem. It was the problem working itself out from my hip. It was going down the chain. And so this can often happen when you when you have an issue. It can travel before it comes out. Not always, but usually it does. And so I just want to remind you guys that, you know, I mentioned like I have scoliosis. Maybe you have some other diagnosis, but a diagnosis is not who you are. It is simply information about how your body is currently functioning. And it also enlightens you on how to support it. And this is what we do in personal training. We look at how your body moves what are what are your weaknesses what are your strengths how can we improve and so i take all of this stuff into consideration and i also consider things like your personal goals what equipment do you have do you like the gym are you scared of the gym how much time do you have on hand what's your mindset towards all of it we really consider all of this and that is how I do personalized programming. So I would love to work with you one-on-one and even in other capacities. I will put links in the show notes for things like personal training, custom programming. Um, Personal training is more hands-on than custom programming, but both of them are personalized. Now, if you're looking for something like my general programming that I talked about, I highly recommend looking into things like Strong 1.0. That is a home program um, or even my membership. It has home and gym versions. And what's really cool about the membership is that if you want something totally hands-off, something that you can do on your own, look at tier one. Um, If you're looking for something kind of in between where you get like little bits of personalization here and there, um, fitness education, look at tier two and three because tier two includes, um, what's it called? Group not group talk. <laughs> it's called a group chat and you can send in videos of your movements. I give you feedback on that. And tier three, of course, includes that, but it also includes things like group calls and um, the whole course that I have inside of that. So if you like listening to my educational episodes and feeling motivated, inspired, empowered by all of that, you would definitely like tier three of my membership. Now you might be thinking, listening to all of this, but you haven't talked about cardio, Estelle. <laughs> So I do think cardio is important and something that we should all be doing, but unless you have a cardiovascular goal, it probably doesn't need to be like, oh, I'm going to run before I lift. Um, It doesn't need to be like top priority in training. Should you do it? Yes. Does it need to be the, the top priority? No. Now, if you do extensive, if you do happen to do extensive cardiovascular training on the same day as lifting, separate it by at least three hours and make sure you are really, really fueling. Now, if you're just doing it for the health, like, oh, I just want to have a healthy heart and lungs. You could include cardio after your workouts or on a couple off days, maybe do like one endurance day, one interval day, but really 
like I've said before, we're all built differently. Some do super well with running several days a week and that works great for their body. I used to really enjoy running. I actually still enjoy running. It's just not my top training goal right now, but I got up to running 10 miles fairly easily. And I did this with only three days a week. I see programs all the time, like work to 5k and it's like running every single day. You guys, you guys do not need to do that. Your heart is an, is a muscle too. It needs a break. So you're not going to be doing squats every single day. Please don't be running every single day. So with those three days a week, I had one endurance day where I would run as far as I possibly could. I would have one interval day where I really challenged my heart and lungs for a short period of time. And then I had another day where I did wherever the heck I wanted. I would run a little bit, walk a little bit, run. Maybe maybe I'd just do another long run. It was honestly whatever I wanted. And I did that and I got up to 10 miles like fairly quickly. I can't remember how many months it took me, but it was not that difficult. Um, So that's my take on cardio. Should you be challenging yourself? Yes. Does it need to be every single day? No. Maybe choose a couple days a week. And then outside of that, go on walks. You should be generally active. I don't want to be a downer when I say this, but if you have a pretty sedentary life and you only lift two to three times a week, it's not enough. It's a good start, but it's not enough. We need to be active in our everyday life. So if you don't have time, I don't want to discourage anyone. I know everyone's situation is different. If you don't have time to go on several walks a day, park farther away at the grocery store, take the stairs, just be aware of ways where you can be more active. There's even like the treadmills that you can get under the desk. You get a standing desk. Yeah, that's an investment, but you guys, this is your health. This is your life. Um, I don't know your personal situation, but I think the majority of people can make it happen if they prioritize it and if they really want it. So I hope this episode was helpful, informative, educational, empowering. Um, I'm going to be putting all the links that I mentioned in the show notes for programming and things like that. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Estelle Fitness. Please send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Like I can see that people are listening, but I don't know who you are. So I would love to connect. Please send me a message. And wherever you are in the world, please have a wonderful day, afternoon, evening, and night. Are you on the journey to achieve a healthier lifestyle, but find it challenging to get all the nutrients you need from your regular diet? Look no further than Perfect Supplements. Perfect Supplements is a leading provider of high-quality, all-natural supplements designed to support your well-being and help you reach your health goals. Whether you're an athlete striving for peak performance, a busy professional seeking more energy, or simply someone who wants to improve their overall vitality, Perfect Supplements has something for you. They are committed to sourcing the purest and most potent ingredients to create products that are free of harmful additives, fillers, and synthetic chemicals. You can trust that what you're putting in your body is of the highest quality and genuinely beneficial. One of my favorites is their grass-fed collagen. It's fantastic for supporting joint health, promoting radiant skin, and strengthening hair and nails. Plus, it's sourced from grass-fed, pasture-raised cattle, ensuring that you get the best quality collagen available. And for you guys, they're offering an exclusive discount. Head over to their website at perfectsupplements.com and use the code Estelle at checkout to get 10% off your order. That's Estelle, my name, E-S-T-E-L-L-E. And what's even better is when you buy three, you save 20%. When you buy six, you save 25%. Stack that with my code Estelle, E-S-T-E-L-L-E, for that additional 10% off and you get up to a total of 35% off. 
Take a step towards a healthier you with Perfect Supplements. The link is in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I know you could have been doing other things, listening to other podcasts, but you listened to mine. So thank you. If you appreciated this episode, share it with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone else you think could benefit from it, even on your social media. And if you want to go the extra mile, leave a review. I know I might sound like a voice just coming through your headphones or your car stereo, but I am a real person as are you. And when I read your kind reviews, it truly warms my heart and it also helps my podcast grow and reach more people. Lastly, I want you to remember that this podcast is for you. So if there's a topic you'd like to hear about, let me know. Send me an email at estellecfitness at gmail.com. That's Estelle, the letter C, word fitness. So E-S-T-E-L-L-E, the letter C in the word fitness at gmail.com. Or send me a DM on Instagram at Estelle C Fitness. Signing off now. I'll talk to you guys later.